get ready to dive under the sheets of uncovered conversation about sex, relationship, and how they intersect with culture and technology. This is the unfiltered bedroom. I am your host, Elisha, and my goal is to break through taboos and have honest dialogue about intimacy without restriction. On this show, I will unpack all things bedroom related in a candid way from politics to religion to social norms. We will examine how society influences our private moment. I will discuss how technology is impacting dating, sexuality, relationship, parenting, and for better or worse. No topic is off limit. I will peel back the sheets to explore exciting, awkward, and deeply personal truth about sex and intimacy. It is time to get real, speak freely, and gain insight that will challenge you how you think about sex and relationship. This is the unfiltered bedroom. Hi and welcome to episode one of Unfiltered Bedroom. I'm super excited. This is the first episode of Unfiltered Bedroom. Um, this podcast is going to be very interesting. I'm going to be very raw. I'm going to be very candid. Um, it's something I've always wanted to do. Um, I want a place whereby not just um, having a good conversation around sex, um, from the faith perspective but to also understand it from the cultural perspective how the culture is actually impacting our way of life the place of technology how technology is invading um i call it the sex space is very interesting um so it's going to be very um, raw direct i'm going to be having quite a lot of um conversation audience coming in asking questions so um there's so much in play for the unfiltered uh, bedroom so what's going to be episode one what's episode one about um you know i wanted to start this episode one from the place of understanding why this podcast i've always said to people i'm a product of second chance I'm a product of Second Chance. Um, you know, it was it was a, a late, I think it was the early springs. Um, and as usual, I would lock myself up in the room. Um, sometimes early in the morning, I would just start watching porn. I just don't know what was so unique or what was so intrigued about this particular porn that I was watching on this day. And as soon as I finished watching that porn i just i picked up my phone and i and i called my usual prostitute i have this constant i have the particular prostitute i usually uh use and i said to her i said look i'm coming and i want you to make sure your your calendar is empty book me i'll pay you don't worry i mean you gotta understand <laughs> i'm using my student loan to pay for this service it's not as if i've got this billions or i'm paying for high service i'm still using i mean literally all my student loan goes into paying for sex watching sex and doing all sorts while i was in university so i called her and i said look he said don't worry i, I mean i have a number 
said, look, make sure your diary is empty. I'll, I'll pay you. I want to spend time with you. So far and so forth. So I rushed down the stairs, ran to the station. I mean, I was, it was, I could tell you I was possessed. I could tell you for a fact, looking back now, I ran to the station because it wasn't as if I've never slept with this girl before. It wasn't, I've never had sex before. I was just running. I ran straight, got, got to the station, paid for my ticket, ran down the escalator. And I jump on the train, on the on the tube. I mean, tube means underground in England. We call it tube, but it's underground, underground. Um, so straight came out of um Leicester Square, Leicester Square station, um, close to Oxford Street. As soon as I came out, there's so there's so many sex shop um in Soho Square. Soho Square is a particular space in London and it's all manner of stuff. But I, I call it the sexual center of London, to be honest. So I came out of the station, went to this particular sex shop. I usually buy my uh, magazine from, or then back in the days, they used to sell quite a lot of DVDs and stuff like that. So I went to the counter. I spoke to the guy at the counter. Look, look, I need a drug. I need something that will help me to have a long sex duration and the guy just it, we didn't have any discussion that's how bizarre it was we didn't have any discussion there wasn't conversation as to okay this is how you should use the drug this is what you should do with it he just pointed and just said look um look at that particular uh, uh and i went straight to the particular um, stand and I was asking which one just said that one in the color whatever gold I could remember it's like a capsule it's like a small small bottle small bottle it says that it say yeah, yeah just get that one I came to the counter I paid for it boy oh boy as soon as that liquid entered my throat I mean as soon as I gulped down the liquid you know, it, I felt like something wasn't right. I knew something was off. I came out, you know, I, you know, I came out of that. I came out of that store. I remember the store vividly. Still, is the store is still there when I close my eyes. The store is still there. I stood and I was looking. I was thinking, oh, why am I feeling so dizzy? What's going on here? I said, I don't know. I'm not gonna make anything out of this, man. Let me just go forward. There's no big deal. So I walked, I walked through the, uh, I walked, because you have to navigate your way in Leicester Square. Whoever are listening to this, you know Leicester Square very well. So I have to navigate the alley, um, the market store. And my usual lady used to live at the top of the, of a floor, first floor. Um, so well, when I was walking there, I knew something was right, but I ignored it. I'm thinking, you know what, maybe because I was just so driven, I need to have sex, I need to spend time with her. I got to the staircase. As soon as I got to the staircase, I knew something was off again. I was struggling to climb the stairs. I was struggling to climb the stairs. I knocked on the door. She looked at me. She said, hmm, are you okay? I said, oh, yeah, I'm okay. And she shoved me on the bed. She said, are you okay? Are you ready to go? I said, yeah, yeah, I'm okay. I was just, I think I was just, I don't know where I was just rumbling. I didn't know what I was saying precisely, to be honest. So, I know we had sex, but I just, 
I I don't know where I was. I didn't know what was going on. I don't know what was taking place. So here I was. I was lying down on the bed. And I had knock. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. You call someone that make sure your calendar is full. <laughs> yeah, you've got a customer. As I'm be, you know, this world, you know, it's so bizarre. And uh, it's, I said, oh, please stand up, stand up. I've got a customer. I said, okay. And she pushed me. I mean, pushed me out of the door. She said, just go, just go, just go. And I was struggling big time. I was struggling. I was, I didn't know whether I was going left, I was going right. I was struggling. I was struggling. I think it was probably about 10 years after my freedom that I went back to the particular spot. This particular spot, I can never forget it till I leave this earth. I will never forget it. I held on to the pole. I knew I was holding because then I couldn't walk. I knew passerby was asking me, are you okay? I said I was okay. I didn't know whether I said I was okay one or twice. Before I knew what was going on, I would rather I was just sleeping, holding the pole, holding the pole, holding the pole. Bam! I was on the floor. And that was it. That was it. I think I heard noises. Call ambulance, call ambulance. But that was it. The next thing I remember was when I came back to my consciousness. And when I came back, I find myself lying on the hospital bed. And when I opened my eyes, I was trying to move my hand. I saw drips. Like, what? I looked around the bed. There was loads. I mean, there was loads of doctors. I was trying to remove the drip. I said, no, 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 no. And they were asking me, the doctor, I think it was the head doctor then. He said, are you okay? I remember the voice clearly, clearly as a day. He said, why do you want to commit suicide? I'm thinking, I said, no. He said, yes. He said, you, you took poison and we're trying to clean out your system and to ensure that you can go back home. Is there anyone we can speak to? Is there anyone we can call? I'm thinking, what do you mean? What, what in the world do you mean? I took poison. I could not understand the word. So do you, uh, the guy keeps saying, please, do you have anyone we can speak to? Who can we call? We need to speak to someone. I said, no, I don't have anyone. I live alone. Then I used to live with my younger brother. It's late now. Bless his memory. And I was lying there. And it's okay, we have to keep you under observation to see what is going on and to just ensure that you'll be okay before we can discharge you. And while I was lying there, different doctors keep coming and kept saying, Are you why do you want to kill yourself? Why do you want to kill yourself? You know. So I go back home. On that day, I left the hospital. But while I was on the hospital bed, 
there's, there was an observation. I realized that my entire palm was all green. Everything was green. How could you understand my toes, my nails, everything was green. I'm thinking, what is this? And I spoke to the guy. The guy said, oh yeah, like we said, you took poison. And we're trying to ensure that if we discharge you, you'll be okay. And we, we um, it will take probably about 24 to 48 hours for you, for, 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 for your system to be cleaned out. So they discharged me. I mean, I was outside thinking, I was waiting at the bus stop asking myself, what just happened? What just happened? Why? What did I? What is going on here? What is going on here? I got home. My brother, I mean, he didn't even ask me where I was. What was going on? He hasn't seen me for maybe a couple of um, hours or something like that. He didn't say anything. He just said, are you okay? I just said, well, I couldn't get my hand. I went to the, the first time I went to the, to the, to the bathroom, I was urinating green, green, I mean, green color, green color. I was thinking, boy, oh boy, what in the world is this? Now, you might be thinking, so what happened next with everything that happened to me, with everything I went through, you know, the, 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 I've just collapsed. Um, uh, they've just, I've just been told that um, I nearly, actually I took poison that I wanted to commit suicide. Do you know that the next day, the next day, I think it was next day or day after, I was back on the streets of Soho Square. So you might be thinking, how did I end up this way? How did I end up this way? You know, when you look at my story as a 12 years old, as a 12 years old boy that grew up in a fantastic home, mom that was a success, I mean, in, a, in back then in Nigeria, she had, mom had about three businesses back then, solid business. My dad was a lecturer, mathematics, and we grew up in a good home. I mean, come on. I mean, as if you call yourself, we're not, I'm not saying we're a millionaire, but we went to uh, private schools. Um, good home, you know, we can, we can afford, we can eat anything we want to eat. Um, but... As a first child, I wasn't, uh, I had a very bad upbringing. And I think that was what actually led me to porn in the first place. So when I, because when I look back and I was asking myself question, how did I get so addicted? You see, I wasn't addicted to even sleeping with prostitutes. I was just addicted to consuming the content. I was so addicted to the point whereby nothing else matters. I forfeit my uh, my 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 university. I w- I would take my student loan, 
use it to to, to buy this content i would steal from my girlfriend i remember the particular then then i was dating a chinese girl i mean i was i was this girl was very nice to me and i stole from her to pay for sex could you imagine i went back to soho square i was still looking for prostitute to sleep with so i'm sharing this with you because you might be asking why am i so so particular about the 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 influence of technology the influence of um, of culture in the sex on on sex why is our sex the boundary of sex is being pushed and pushed whereby even parents are concerned as to okay how do i speak to my child what should i speak to my child about about this content how should i approach it oh elijah my child is addicted what should i do or you have guys dating or girl going out with a particular girl they're about um to um they're dating and they get discover this sort of porn maybe the guy is watching gay porn transgender porn all manner of porn and he and this and girls are confused as to what is going on why is this happening you have couples going their separate ways because the man is gotten is got is the man is so addicted to the content and that is what we're going to be discussing in unfiltered bedroom why is sex that is meant to be a beautiful thing a beautiful because I, i've always believed sex is a beautiful thing why is it so perverted why is it that now there is no boundary everything goes so when i call myself a product of a second chance i know what i'll say because on that particular day i should have died i should have lost my life i know i it's not that it's i am not thinking it i'm not assuming it i can guarantee you i should have died so what is what is that lesson or what is what 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 would i want you to reflect on from this first episode now you might be saying to yourself elisha you know what i don't think i'm where you are um, um this is probably going to be a different episode i don't think i'm where you are i don't think i'm addicted and i've always said when i started off on this journey i never planned not once that i planned come on who would wake up at just 12 years old and map out this entire life that you know in the next 14 years i'm going to be watching porn i'm going to be so addicted to it my life will be so messed up and that'll be about it no one but that was what happened. And when I said to people, look, what seems trivial, what seems, um, it seems to see if it's not going to impact you now. You are just on a slippery slope. I mean, it's a step towards destroying yourself. What, what, what should I do? Um, how should I go about it? My job is to tell you to take time to reflect. I really want you to reflect on um I really want you to just reflect on your action and ask yourself what would my next five years to ten years look like or my next six months look like if I keep on going this way? What will happen? Because if you can answer that question, 
or reflect on that question. I, be, I believe it will give you a different mindset as to what you should do and what you shouldn't do or how to how to review your life going forward. So um, this is where the episode one for me will be ending. And I hope uh, we're going to be having more of this discussion. It's going to be, it's going to be interesting. Believe me, it's going to be interesting. I mean, I'm excited. I'm excited that um, I'm just excited because uh, there are many things I'd like to share. There are many things I'd like to talk about, which I believe being raw and being candid is a way to be open, to be vulnerable to the audience, to let you understand that, look, I've been on your path before. I understand what you're going through. And to just see different angles and come to a conclusion as to how do we then go forward? How do we manage our life going forward? And I hope um, you'll, be, you'll be with me on this journey. So thank you so much for taking your time to listen to me. And I'll see you in another episode.